0: Alrighty. Welcome to Romero Records podcast. Today we have on
1: Sam Kaplan. How's it going, uh, man? It's going good.
0: Good. Good. Well. So, um, yeah, I always tell people how I had you on, like how I found you yeah. and C4, uh, pretty much told me Absolutely. about you and what you do. So, um, the goat, yeah, <laughs> the goat. <laughs> Absolutely, he's, he's pretty
1: talented. He's super talented and he's a hard ass worker, yes. which is, you know,
0: just as important. Yeah. And I, I think Like when I first started working with him, I honestly didn't know, like, so work ethic, like you mentioned that, that's like my big thing with artists. It's like, I know if I'm going to work with you multiple times, if you are asking me when you're going into the studio (laughs) and that's what he would do. He'd be like, yo, you you in the studio? studio?" And I was Mm -hmm. like, yo, this is crazy. Yes, I am here. Let's go.
1: So, Absolutely. That's... Exactly. Like
0: just what you said, that's my biggest
1: thing because you know, we're in twenty twenty-two. People should know by now that we're in a different era. It's not the era of getting signed when you're 15. <laughs> yeah. And just run it. Like it's all on you now. And that's, you know, my big thing with artists. Um, if y'all don't know, I guess I really didn't <laughs> introduce myself feel like feel free that. to introduce yourself. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I've been working in the music business you know for free for the past 6 7 years um i'm finally actually you know doing some things making a little money from it and actually working with artists that i want to work with um but yeah when i see artists like C4 um and meet people from my old place of work i try and keep those people who i saw were about it you know in my rolodex cuz those are the people you want and like i was saying 2022 you gotta it's on you you gotta make the moves you gotta take it into your own hands you know which is exactly what you're doing yeah through this podcast yeah
0: yeah uh so what are some things that like made you was it just your love of music you were like oh i want to do music business type things
1: yeah so i've been playing guitar since i was nine and i've been a jazz guitarist specifically Mm. for a long time jazz is well of course growing up in memphis blues is a big Mm. thing of mine but you kind of can only get so far with blues and then you start looking into improvisation and jazz and working with different modes and you know um doing like chordal motifs and stuff like that yeah and i you know i always play guitar that'll still be in my life but I was like, how could I also help artists get paid? Um, I've seen so many of... I mean, I've been friends with a million artists. I've seen so many of them just get led down the wrong path, mm. get fucked over. Can can I curse? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. I forgot to yeah. cover that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just... I've always wanted to help. And also, like, it's so hard. There's so much music out yeah, there now. Yeah. um. And it's harder and easier in some senses to make money. It's harder to figure out how. Yeah. But once you really build up that fan base and get that loyal fan base going, like that is something that'll. Pay, if you have your business set up correctly, that's something that'll continue paying. You know. Yeah. For years.
0: And that's really why I wanted to start. Damage Media Group was because you know I I started making music back in like 2017 and um and I was like I don't know what I'm doing like yeah. I'm just making music and you know I was, somebody told me about Distro Kid and I started putting my music out there mm. and like that's when my music career like really started and then. I decided to go... I went through Full Sail. Well, I already had a, a bachelor's in, in business management. Mm-hmm. And then that was... I graduated in 2014 from Jacksonville State in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started Full Sail University for audio production. Yeah. And then I finished that with a, just like a graduate certificate. Mm-hmm. And then I started music business because I was like, all right, let me get some actual education exactly. for music business. Well, I'll graduate with my bachelor's in music business uh, this month. Mm-hmm. And... From like, where, if you know, from what from saying. Full set. Okay, cool. So uh, I just kept going back to Full set. That's but that's awesome, dude. Congrats on <laughs> yeah. that, for real. So when I decided to do that, I was like, while I was still in school, because we started damage. Me and Ryan started Damage Media Group uh, last September. So, like, reason why I really wanted to start this company was because of what you were saying earlier. Like, artists just usually don't know what's going on like they just know mm-hmm. they're making music and that's about it so i wanted to kind of like bridge that gap mm-hmm. of hey i'm just an artist making music and like i know what i'm doing you know what i mean exactly. like exactly artists just need help
1: <laughs> exactly no for real especially when you get in if you're an artist you pretty much certainly have that artist mentality yeah where you're just thinking about the music, your talent, you know, that's what drives you. And honestly, you shouldn't have to think about everything. I don't think you should be the manager, the label, the marketing team, the PR. You shouldn't have to do everything, but that's where we are. (laughs) Especially if you're independent. Yeah. You know,
0: it's, it's really unfortunate because like, the crazy thing is if you are an artist and you're doing everything that helps you out tremendously in the long run Absolutely. but at the same time like let's say you know you're you go from uh, just doing some shows to like somebody in a big label finds you signs you and mm-hmm. then you're just kind of like out in the water like they're usually not guiding you and telling you about everything so exactly
1: exactly <laughs> you're kind of stuck that way mm-hmm
0: I, I find it that there there are some artists that I run into that they do know a little bit like like C4 he's a good example so Exactly. Um I wasn't sure of what he knew but he said he um he had worked with a lot of people in his past mm-hmm. like I think he said when he was like 15 he was making beats for uh, Slim Duncan and, exactly. and Gucci and all of them so yeah. I was like all right, I think you know what you do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but then there's other people who they just don't have a clue. So mm-hmm. that's, I I genuinely enjoy giving people knowledge that, like, you know, I I'm going through school and everything, and I'm taking everything that I'm learning and just like handing it to people. Exactly. And it's it's a great feeling knowing that I didn't let somebody go through the struggle that <laughs> that others have to go exactly. through like some people will be balls deep into a a career mm-hmm. and not even know like what's going on like there's a famous video of um what's his name Chameleonaire talking mm-hmm. about he uh nelly told him to audit his label and when he did he they owed him like millions of dollars absolutely i'm like that's crazy that is crazy
1: (laughs) and honestly that's a good point you definitely should audit your label when you're making that kind of money because there's so much in the bureaucracy you know that's what i've learned from being with those companies is they have so many artists there's so much bureaucracy people get let go you know there's you could think you have that one person at the label who's really pushing for you and really being your advocate mm-hmm. the next day they could be gone. So it's like a lot can happen. And to audit, you know, have, have a lawyer that yeah. get get,
0: get, <laughs> step get <one>. a lawyer,
1: <laughs> step one, get an entertainment lawyer. Yeah. Um, that's one of my best mentors. Um, his name's Lauren Wells. I'll give him a little shout out. He's, and a really renowned entertainment lawyer and he taught me more about i went for a music business degree like you i graduated a year ago um that he taught me more about the music business than anyone else Mm. because the the lawyers see everything on both sides that's true they're working on he's working for some labels behalf Mm -hmm. and on some artists behalf as well. So he's seeing it all. And that's like, it's unfortunate because you know, you have to pay lawyers. So it's, you have to get your money up first, obviously, but really getting a lawyer or get finding someone who knows law can kind of, even if they don't have a degree, maybe look over your contracts. Like, you should definitely never be the only one looking over your contract. Yes. That is for sure.
0: Um, I don't know if you were tuning into a lot of the Hit Kid and Glorilla stuff, but yep. um, I think in one of Glorilla's videos that she posted she was saying something about um hit kid kept saying use you can use my lawyer use my lawyer mm-hmm. and it reminded me of what you were just talking about like the whole like a lawyer playing both sides exactly <laughs> so that's pretty crazy like those it things is. i guess they just happen you
1: know they do and yeah, on the the Glorilla Hit Kid situation is crazy too. Like I, it was,
0: it was. I, I had no idea. Like so, I talked to Kadeem back in like May, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I think I told C Four this, and I've talked about this on a p- podcast one time. But uh, I met him in Nashville at uh, the music business conference. Oh yeah, and then um, I was there. <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah, that's I was crazy. There. Did you go to the Beat Stars event? Yeah, I think so. No, because I was there that night. Yeah, and Kadeem was there. I
1: definitely was there. Okay, and that's, th- crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy.
0: But um, while I was there, um, I was talking to Kadeem, and he was, and he said something like, "Um, like G- Glorilla's good. Like, you know, she's good. Uh, we can, you know, we're already working on our next artist." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Pause." <laughs> I was like, "Is." Uh what's it called? FNF just came out, my guy. Uh (laughs) what are we talking about? Exactly. uh, Some people they they, I guess they just know. You know what I mean? Like the industry is kind of I guess it's like a train. Like once you get it going, it's like, all right, it's this is this train's left. Like it's going. You either hop on or you're not. It is. That's
1: and that's like the internet, I think. Yeah. Because like once they latch on to something, and that's, you know, um that's also Memphis is just so popular right now. Like yeah. people see a Memphis artist and they, and also I'm a give glow her credit. Like there's no rapper that's come out of Memphis or in, or that I've seen in general that has the sound that she has. Yeah. Of course, there's a lot of rappers making the same kind of music, mm-hmm. but not, you know, she has a very unique voice mm-hmm. and that's, you gotta, and it, Takes longer for others than it does for some, but it's like you really got to find your voice. Yeah, see what works, see what's catching on. Because
0: yeah, like <laughs> I I don't really listen to pop, but mm-hmm. I've been listening to it a lot lately. Yeah, and <laughs> I'll be hanging out with my wife, and I'll just throw in some pop music. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this not the same person we've been listening to for like the last thirty exactly. minutes? She's like, no, it's a different person. I was mm-hmm. like. That blows my mind. So yeah, Glorilla. If I heard her voice, I know that's Glorilla.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> she's got that kind of voice, and that it definitely helps. And that's my advice mm-hmm. to artists: like, do your own thing. Like, find find out who you are, find an identity, mm-hmm. brand yourself, and then just run with that. Like, Absolutely. If, if you yeah. can do that,
1: you're good. And learn how to market it. Um, but also, a lot of times when you find a voice that works. And you just have to do the bare minimum marketing that'll, you know, take you to the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. But also my, my biggest thing that I, I, think i see people too many times which i feel like we're gonna keep bringing up c4 this entire t- <laughs> this entire it. time but for real like he's someone who works with a ton of people you know worked with Wiz, worked with uh juicy like mm-hmm. project pat's one of his boys. yeah he talks it's about like, project pat all the time a- absolutely which project pat you know also talk about someone with a unique voice mm-hmm. like project pat has one of the most unique voices especially for memphis but no one can really get it alone yeah. it's nearly it, yeah it's impossible to get it alone yeah. like you need to th- and this is one of those things i went to college in chicago and this is one of those things that really helped me succeed and bring me to where i am now is to constantly do things like this like mm. meet up with people go out of your comfort zone uh be part of a scene, you know, pop out, try and find people to do shows with. Mm. Even if there aren't like DIY club promoters hitting you up, start your own show, do your own show, find an event space, you know, yeah. It try and do anything possible and include other people in yes. that because, you know, you have to, when you have other people on your same level trying to grow together you can grow laterally and like not always trying to shoot for that. Oh, I need this label to notice me. I need this, uh, streaming service to notice me. Of course, that's good when you're starting to really gain some traction, Mm -hmm. but in the early stages, you got to find your people who are at the same level trying to get to that next step.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know, uh, Leon sonar firm,
1: I don't think so. No. So
0: he's an artist in Memphis and um, he I think he uh, C4 actually told me he saw the podcast I did with uh Firm and that's that's why he tried to get on mine. Mm-hmm. But um, he always does these beat battles, the beat battle on the bluff is yeah. what they call him. I think I do know who okay. he is. Okay. So yeah, he um, he'll he'll always ask me to judge him. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm usually judging those those yeah. beat battles. And like it's so cool just being there and just like seeing the performances. Like Sun Person uh, usually I, performs. I was
1: just about to bring <laughs> him up. Yeah, he
0: usually performs and then like some random person that I haven't heard of will perform. And I'm like, that person's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then like another random person never. I'm like, that person's pretty good. And then like yeah. these these beat producers are coming out of nowhere with these. Wham and beat somebody. I know. That's, this is crazy.
1: Absolutely.
0: They're great events. Which that's
1: exactly like, if you're around Memphis, Memphis has some fantastic events. And that's the thing that I'm always like trying to ride for Memphis. Cause it's, there's so many, there's so much great talent in mm. Memphis, but there's almost no infrastructure and no, I mean, it's, there's not a lot of money in Memphis. Yeah. And so it's unfortunate cause a lot of people like, they, you know, it's almost like you have to move out, yeah, to get something and yeah. to really start meeting up with, you know, other people, expand your horizons, even though there is such a great community of artists out here,
0: yeah. And I hate that so much because, like, so at that music business conference, um, when Kadeem was talking for his set, um, he mentioned about labels wanting Glorilla and uh, Hit Kid to like come out to California, come mm-hmm. out to New York and stuff like yep. that. He was like, no, I want y'all to come to us. Exactly. And that's something that it, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. By the same time, like I get it for like why so many people don't do stuff in Memphis. Um, they'll, you know, they'll go to Atlanta, they'll go to mm-hmm. Los Angeles, New York, stuff <laughs> like that. But like I would in my lifetime that I'm here, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I would really hope to help change that culture of, like, you don't have to go somewhere. Because, like, I'm from a small town Mm -hmm. in Alabama, and I hated the fact that, like, there was nothing going on there. Yep. So the fact that Memphis has so much going on here, Mm -hmm. but yet they're still having to go places – just kills me. Like I want to be able to help change it to where like people have to come to Memphis to get things done.
1: Absolutely. And, um, another little thing, like one of the reasons I'm kind of a history buff and that's another thing that led me into like, you know, getting into the business is cause I do want to have a positive effect on the business and do bring my business to Memphis. Yeah. Try and, you know, help grow that community. But Memphis, you know, was started we had Stacks, Sun Records, um, American Recording Company. There was um uh Royal Studios, which is you know, Boo Mitchell's and then Boo Mitchell, and then Boo Mitchell's dad, yeah, Willie Mitchell, Willie. um, with high records. Like there's been so much stuff here, but A, it all eventually gets bought out by mm-hmm. major labels. But Memphis used to be looked at as... First of all, Memphis used to be bigger in population than Nashville, which I think... Really? Oh, I know. for so long. <laughs> that's crazy. Like until recently. <laughs> like until very recently. That's the, crazy. The boom that's going on in Nashville, I think that's what kind of
0: rocketed
1: mm. it higher than Memphis. But a lot of musicians used to... Memphis used to be a recording studio city. We used yeah. to have studios on every. There are still a lot of studios here, mm-hmm. but there used to be studios on every single block. Like wherever you were in the hood, like anywhere, there were studios. And that's a lot of country artists and popular artists used to come here to record because mm-hmm. it was like they weren't burdened by all the noise coming from the execs. Uh, So it wasn't like you go to Nashville, L.A. Or Nashville wasn't even that back then, I don't think. But you go to New York, L.A., London, wherever, you know, you got execs in your ear putting their own idea onto the record, which isn't what you need. That's not – that doesn't really help a record. You got to make good shit and just – you know, have it in mind. Like, you got to just make good shit <laughs> and, and hope that people like it. Make shit that you like yeah. and hope that other people like it. Because I feel like when the execs start, it seems too manufactured and it doesn't mm. seem genuine. And that's, you know, the fans notice that. Yeah. I, fans who are buying the music, buying tickets, fans are not stupid. They yeah. notice when something is disingenuine it's not authentic like that's that's a big
0: i i can definitely hear i mean me being a a music person Mm -hmm. is different but like i definitely know like when an artist made a track specifically for an album or for like sync licensing or something like that. exactly it just sounds like this was a commercial record like this wasn't a record that they you know, really wanted to put out, like mm-hmm. somebody probably wrote the lyrics for them. It was, the beat was specifically picked out for them. Like it just sounds like that kind of track. Exactly. And then the rest of the tracks, you be like, oh yeah, this is them. So, mm-hmm. but that's part of the business. Like, you know, you can make money that way. Just, exactly, you could be a cover band and just do covers all the time. Exactly. So. You really can. And there's so
1: many ways to like game the streaming system now yeah, that yeah. a lot of people go just for that let's see if this song will get placed like, which I get it. It's hard to cut through the noise of 60,000 songs a day, yeah. which is like Spotify is saying that there's like 60 to a hundred thousand songs a day uploaded, That's crazy. which is an insane. Like That's think crazy. about that. Tr- ha- think about trying to stand out when there's 60,000 songs being uploaded daily. Like it's near impossible yeah. without having, you know, all the things we've talked about. Yeah, so. an
0: army, an army an of army, people. <laughs> literally an army,
1: literally an army. So
0: um, so speaking about the um, the stream stuff, mm-hmm. so if you haven't been paying attention uh, to social media, news, whatever, um, Atlantic Records talked about um, they had n- no idea that <laughs> there were fake streams on Don Tolliver's video and uh multiple other artists yeah um i saw your your comment about people have no idea this has been happening for, oh
1: absolutely for a while
0: and i i've i've told many of people yeah labels are buying fake streams like mm-hmm. it's it, it and there's
1: no way they don't know about it oh yeah at all <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> um but I, I wanted to get to pick your brain and uh see what you think about like what do you think about i guess the future uh with that happening um we all know AI and bots are starting to get involved in yeah. things. Um, how do you see that going? And is it a good thing or a bad thing?
1: I mean, it's. I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a just a sign of the times because there's so much. There's so much content as we've discussed, yeah. and there's so many ways to game the system. Like it's fairly easy um, to buy. Well, like, there's all these, you know, promotional websites that, you know, I'll, we'll get you on playlists. and yeah. do Which that's what I've seen in my time in the business is a lot of that, like, getting onto these third-party random playlists mm-hmm. that end up running your streams up crazy. And it's, you know, all of these basically stream farms mm-hmm. in Russia or yeah. in China that are, like, just elevating your streaming activity and i think labels are already trying to figure this out of course it'll take time but i think the how they're going to fight that is basically creating ai to do the opposite of that or Mm. just be able to monitor the streaming activity on songs um but it's hard. There's, you know, this is all new. All, I mean, I think, you know, this has been happening, but not for that long, maybe a couple years. And yeah. it's still, yeah, it's hard to tell when there's so much stuff out there.
0: So. And and like really, I can't say Spotify is to blame, but Spotify is to blame. Well, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like <clears throat> it really happened because, you know, things like rap caviar Mm -hmm. and all these big name playlists everybody's like oh if i just get on the playlist then i'm good i'm
1: good yeah
0: and i think somebody came out with a stat that said like if you get on rap caviar for like a month it's like two million dollars worth of streams
1: exactly that's a
0: lot of money absolutely and it's like
1: That's what, how people listen to music now it's not radio or that's how the typical, like a lot of music people like me, I find what I want on Apple and go listen to it. Or I have these smaller playlists that I like that are, I go listen to, but it's like playlists are the new radio and it's figuring that out. It's tough because Spotify is to blame in a certain extent, uh, Because of how they, mark, I'm trying to think of the way to put this. It's like I do feel like they're to blame a little bit because they show, hey, this is the only way to get it. This is the way. (laughs) That's the thing is there needs to be other avenues to actually, you know, make some noise Mm -hmm. on these places. Yeah, but it's also just the un like, you know, we're still whatever you think, I know it seems like we've had the internet for a while, but in the grand scheme of history, we're still in the early stages of the internet. And so it's still technically like the wild, wild West. Like you don't know how to, you know, make it through and figure out that these little things. I don't know.
0: I mean, that's, that's key in point of like uh, Twitter, you mm-hmm. know. That's why Elon Musk is buying it and taking it over is because he didn't think it was being operated the way it should be with free speech. Exactly. So we haven't figured it out. Like we're still <laughs> we're all babies when it comes to the internet because mm-hmm. we're just like playing with it. We're just yeah. guessing. Like, oh, this might work. This might not work. Exactly. Is it okay to just completely? Demonize somebody or not? Should we have free speech? Like all these things are just
1: exactly, they're
0: just kind of out there.
1: It's kind of out there, and it's also like that's a whole different subject, but it is like there's it all translates into the real world, yeah. So you know, you have to keep that in mind, and also, and also, you have to understand how the internet has changed humanity, yeah. Like it it has a big effect on how we actually live, yeah. obviously. But yeah, I I do think there need to be regulations. Like I don't think it can just be the wild, wild west because that does have serious ramifications yeah. for, you know, the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I, I think there's, you know, on that point, like I think there's a certain amount of, real regulations that we should have and like guidelines for people to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, you know, if you decide you're going to be in the music business, you should be able to get like, so the MLC, like they've Mm -hmm. done a great job at, they started in 2021 or 2020? 2020.
1: 2020, they officially opened up. 2018 was the signing of the modern yeah. Music Modernization Act. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think 2020, they fully.
0: So for them to start, so for everybody who doesn't know, mm-hmm. the MLC collects your mechanical licenses. Mechanical licenses have existed since music existed. Exactly. <laughs> so for us to just now <laughs> create that is crazy. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> Especially since the internet has been around. Yeah. For, like this is a, this is a great uh, example because this is like a full invention of the internet. Yeah. It like, wouldn't be possible without the internet, without uh, database management ser- systems, without... You know, software engineering, yeah. all of that stuff. Imagine so, having
0: to flip through pages of oh music. Oh my
1: god! <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I yeah, because it, it's the MLC covers everything, yeah. literally everything, which is great. But it's still in the early stages, and yeah. so like I work with the MLC a lot, and there's a lot of issues they still have. Mm-hmm. But for it to have been open for like two years now. And they're collecting everything. And I think they've paid – they posted some number that was like $480 which is crazy. (laughs) But it's honestly a drop in the bucket of everything that's that's out there. And, you know, but for it to all be in a centralized place, I think – and I think that's a good point of like why – There needs to be some more innovation in this sense, Mm -hmm. but Web 3.0 is, um, I think it would be really, everything being centralized is really important. I think having a, and it's also important for artists to be able to, you know, make money and not have to take on an entirely new job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To do it. So. Yeah, and I, like I like what um, was what it? I think CD Baby, and I don't know who else does this, but they'll they'll do all that for you. Like they'll mm-hmm. cover your MLC stuff and your uh, BMI or ASCAP. Like they'll get all your publishing good for you, which is great. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think at a minimum, artists should have somewhere to go. That just tells them all this stuff. Exactly. Like, you should not have to get a business degree mm-hmm. to figure this stuff out. Like, Absolutely it's, not. It's just wrong.
1: It is, and that's like, I think another thing that MLC does that's good on that is um, education. They provide a lot of education, yeah. a lot of webinars and stuff like that. But also, I want to shout out Song Trust. Oh, I don't yeah, know Song if Trust. you know yeah. Song Trust for. I think they do. I mean, I don't know what the like distro companies do in terms of publishing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, By the way, I didn't even mention this, but I'm mostly on the publishing side of things. That's where my knowledge is. But SongTrust does a great job because they also find your black box royalties, which Mm -hmm. means if you have money that's just sitting out there in the ether that's uncollected, that should be owed to you. They have systems in place, content ID systems that will find that for you and say, oh, you actually have like $10,000 waiting for you in black box royalties. Mm. Or like they'll collect from YouTube, which it's near impossible getting a deal with YouTube. So it's like doing all of that stuff and they provide the education in layman's terms. Mm -hmm. They don't, one thing that, I think Elon recently said about um, to like the software engineering team at Twitter. um, I don't, obviously I don't agree with everything Elon does, but (laughs) but I will say like he says something about um, stop using jargon, Mm. like try and explain things in a human way instead of using all this jargon that's impossible for someone who isn't in the know to understand. I think that's really good for music, for all of this, for being in business. I think when you put all these limitations on, what is possible? You know that's not good for society. We need it to be acce- as accessible as possible.
0: Yeah. So. Another company that I'm really proud of, mm-hmm. how far they've come and yeah. where they're going, is Beat Stars. Yes. They have created, um, like Ryan was showing me the other day, he was uh, recording a song downstairs, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Man, I love this app." And I was like, "What app is it?" And he said, "On Beat Stars." You can like play the beat and like write your lyrics like right there, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. And then um, they started doing their publishing, and they did a deal with Sony. Mm-hmm. And if you've been paying attention, that's how Hit Kid he's yeah. been with Sony and uh, Beat Stars. And then um, what else did they do? They've done the Content ID, mm-hmm. where they'll like go and find your beats yeah. on YouTube and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'm just like, "Yo, y'all are changing the game."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: BeatStars Stars is great,
1: and I think. If I'm not mistaken, um, I think one of their early, like one of their founders, was an early guy in InGrooves, which hmm. InGrooves was like one of the early distribution companies in the internet age. Okay, that really figured out. Oh, we can use the internet to track what these artists are making and actually give them a <laughs> okay. You know, Realistic ingrooves is great if you don't know. Like, ingrooves got bought by Universal, it's mm. it was really one of the first like distro companies that was like independent artists. If you don't have anywhere to go, come to us, we'll help you figure it out. It was like a precursor to Distro Kid and CD yeah. Baby and all these guys. So, okay, yeah,
0: see, I was really wanting to one day dig into like how that all started, yeah. like, um. Like, the Distro Kids, and because I heard about Distro Kid in, like, 2017, I think, mm-hmm. and then there's, um, like, Tunecore, TuneCore, CD Baby. The Orchard. Yeah, like, yeah. all these companies, I was just like, when did this start? Like, was this, yep. was there something that was the catalyst that really got all these companies in business, or mm-hmm. did one of them just, like, figure it out? Like, I, I didn't know how any of that started, so it's exactly. pretty interesting.
1: It is. And to just tag on to that, also the YouTube partner program, I think that changed a lot mm. um, because it was really hard to make music on the internet yeah. with streaming. Like there was such a lull in between, like there were CDs and then iTunes and then streaming, but it all wasn't you know Rome wasn't built in a day yeah. these these services were not up to speed yeah. you know in a day um but the YouTube partner program really showed like oh there are ways to actually equitably ec- equitably pay out artists um off of their streams you know make ad revenue um and yeah YouTube really they did it early too yeah which I love
0: do do you think YouTube is something that um, – do you think they're stretching it trying to do these kind of things? Because, like, when we think of YouTube, we think of video. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to YouTube to watch some videos. But a lot of people are using YouTube to make money because yeah. of the partnership program. So mm-hmm. do you think artists, as far as, like, you know, a lot of times somebody comes to the studio – Hey man, I got this YouTube beat, you know, that's that's how people are exactly. doing that. So, do you do you think it's a a good thing or is it like uh they're just kind of stretching their their abilities with that?
1: I think there is some of that just in terms of it being such a like open platform mm-hmm. like it's everything yeah but like also, facebook like you can facebook. do anything on facebook Exactly, <laughs> facebook literally instagram too yeah. and yeah i think youtube is actually kind of becoming a newer version of mm. facebook
0: yeah they've got the shorts YouTube they've got shorts. the shorts
1: and they're all trying to be that's the other thing they're all trying to be like whatever's popular they're all trying to be like yeah. when tiktok got big they're all yeah transferring into that more short form content um i don't know if it's i feel like they are stretching it a little bit Mm -hmm. but also like how else are artists gonna make money like and youtube has become because youtube was started in 05 it was started early and um And it's become one of the main places. It was started before streaming, Mm. and so it's become one of the main places for music consumption. Yeah, it might be the top music consumption platform in the world. I wouldn't be surprised about that at all because you think about what's popular in the U.S. Apple Music, Spotify, um, (laughs) Apple Music, Spotify, (laughs) basically that. Yeah. Well, overseas, YouTube is much more popular as mm. a streaming platform. Um, for hip-hop, music is much more popular. Mm. You know, it's free. Yeah. For the, unless you're, you know.
0: Yeah, you don't have to subscribe to YouTube. You don't to have YouTube to
1: subscribe. To, Even to YouTube Music, their streaming service, there's a free version of that. Like, yeah.
0: You know. It's it's pretty cool. But, you know, as as I was saying, like, it, you you wonder... Where it can go because mm-hmm. of what the platform is, and then the, the same thing with like TikTok and mm-hmm. Instagram. It's like, how far are we taking this? Like, exactly. what are, what are y'all going to do?
1: Exactly. So. Well, that's what I think about TikTok. Is like, I
0: I think TikTok would
1: be. I I wish these companies would just stay where they are, like
0: I, <laughs> stay in their lane.
1: Like, well, yeah, exactly. I think it would honestly make it so much better like if because you know there are ways to make money on all these platforms but don't try to become each other yeah like stay in your lanes exactly because you know with licensing opportunities there's all these new licensing opportunities in tiktok i don't know if you've seen but um labels are now trying to renegotiate with tiktok i saw that and try because every every These companies all start out getting a pretty slow rate from the platforms, like a low um, percentage in what they're making off of the music. Yeah. And it's usually a percentage of ad revenue that comes in. And it's like, oh, TikTok has billions of viewers, you know. We need to up this. We can't we can't just be making a tiny percentage yeah. on something that is generating <clears throat> billions of dollars. Yeah. Like
0: And the funny thing is that's what the artists feel about those platforms. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. it's like the TikTok is playing the label and the labels are playing the artists. Exactly. Like it, the script completely gets flipped on them, but I do think that um TikTok is realizing the power that they have. Um Definitely. They just created a distribution company. That's you know, right. Sound on. That's right. I, I wonder how that's gonna go. And Again, I hope it's not a case of where they're just stretching their abilities and too thin. Yeah. And then they just kind of do a sloppy job of it. Exactly.
1: That's what I worry about. Like, I've heard of some people getting deals with TikTok, with sound on and everything. Mm -hmm. I like to, I mean, I think this is just smart. I like to see how things play out before I fully jump in. Like, I don't know. I think you got to be. Like, I understand if you're like a TikTok artist, like mm-hmm. you really have a good TikTok following um, and you want to get into the sound on thing, mm-hmm. but you got to, it's a whole nother ball game running a distribution company than it is running yeah. <laughs> a social media company. Like you got to see how it operates first. Yeah.
0: But. And there's, a, there's so many factors into it. And then you're having to deal with people's music.
1: Like. Exactly.
0: I tell people all the time, like when I started Damage Media Group, I thought about how I used to work at Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. and when I worked at Pizza Hut, I was dealing with people's food. There's nothing worse than dealing with a hungry person. Absolutely. So dealing with people's music, that's like their lifeline. Like that's that's mm-hmm. people's careers. That's their that's their pockets. That's their mm-hmm. bank account.
1: Like, and it's their passion.
0: Yeah, they're, they're emotionally attached to it, and when you control that. You better be careful. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You better be careful, you better know what you're doing. Yeah. And you're you're working with emotion. That's the thing and that's why it's so hard. Ho- like you really got to understand the business to operate in it because it's not like you're selling food or, you know, soap or mm-hmm. just something random yeah, it's like It's not a random product. It's not a random product that you're going to put on sh- the shelves at target and it's just going to go like you're operating with emotions from the artist, but also the thing that pays the artist and that plays the music streams, buys tickets, buys merch is the emotion from the fan. Yeah. And that's what you're banking on. So that's, you don't have to deal with that within like it's an intangible and, it's based on emotion. Like that's, that's why it's so hard to market. Like you gotta constantly be watching the trends and seeing like being in marketing in music is so different from corporate marketing. You have to understand where things are going, how things are constantly evolving. Like yeah. it's not, it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: That was um, that was actually something. This topic was something that um, uh, one of my instructors in uh, Full Cell talked about. He mm-hmm. was like, The entertainment business is the act of monetizing the emotional attachment people have to music. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, he was telling a story. He was like, uh, I, I think he said he was like a, a Bears fan or Seahawks fan or something, yeah. I forgot what it was. And um, he was saying when they went to the Super Bowl, he he lived in like a completely different state. Like mm-hmm. um, I forgot where he lived, but he said, I bought a ticket, flew to, I think it was like Los Angeles, like um, when they had the Super Bowl in like Los Angeles or something. Yeah. He was like, I flew there, stayed in a hotel, watched the game, mm-hmm. flew back home. He was like, I didn't have to spend any of that money. I could have stayed at home and watched it. and that was not cheap. (laughs) Exactly. Like, Super Bowl tickets are in the thousands.
1: Absolutely. Your
0: flight, hundreds or thousands. Hotel in that area, probably Probably in the hundreds per night. Yeah. So, food, whatever else you've... Like, spent thousands of dollars when Mm -hmm. you could have just stayed at home and watched it on TV. Exactly. But... The emotional attachment that he had mm-hmm. <laughs> brought him to do all those things. And so, like we were talking about earlier, if you can just get an emotional attachment to a small group of fans, a yep. hundred people, you could live off that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You could live off that forever. Like I, which that's, you know, people like Tyler, the creator. Uh, these are a couple of my favorites just of I love Tyler. the big guys. Tyler is probably my all-time favorite. I've listened to him since 2011. I'm like a super fan. And I've seen him four times. Live. Oh, nice. I've literally, every time he came even near where I was living, <laughs> I made sure to see him. I... Same kind of thing. Um, a couple months ago, I had a friend hit me up. Hey, I got a Kendrick Lamar ticket in LA. Come out, um, and I was like, uh, "It'll be expensive, but it'll also be amazing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "You know, gotta do it." And that's that emotional connection can be so strong yeah. that it'll make you drain your bank account <laughs> so you can so you can just have a moment. Of seeing, you know, a legend on stage doing their thing, yeah. And by the way, it was so worth it. So <laughs> I had to add that in.
0: Yeah, I mean, like those things. Um, just, just finding, finding that out, and like you were talking about how uh, the music marketing is just a different, different beast. Mm-hmm. When you, when you figure out those things, like you, you feel like you got it. You're like, okay cool. Like everybody wants this. And then boom, two weeks later or a month later, it's, it's different. Exactly. And people are constantly changing the game and like producers, I, I feel like they're like beat producers. Like they will, they'll change the game in a minute. Like, and, and also like the collaboration with the artists. Mm-hmm. Like I remember back in, I think it was like 20, 2010, I think. Well, it was probably before them, but like, mm-hmm it was like the height of that mixtape era. Yeah. Like when Dat Piff and live mixtapes was everything, mm-hmm. you know, I was listening to a ton of future Gucci and people like that, like mm-hmm. that connection of, and also DJs. So we had like DJ scream, DJ holiday, uh, drama. DJ drama, yeah. DJ Khaled, like all these people had these connections with mm-hmm. the artist. And then they decided to like, Hey, this Lex is Lex Luger. Lex. Sorry. Luger. I had to do Lex, him and walker. Oh, that- um, Don't what even- that? What was the name of that album? Flockovelli. Yeah. Like that album, it's like, yo. <laughs> that's like, and and
1: that's now considered like one of the greatest hip, like Flockovelli and yeah. all of the, like a lot of those Gangsta Girls mixtapes yeah, like, yeah. with Gucci, those early Gucci tapes. Oh my God, what are we <laughs> talking about? Yeah,
0: Absolute classics. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a wonder, I feel like we just don't get that anymore. Like, yeah, it's almost like the fun was sucked out of the music industry and people just started doing whatever, please, what they thought, please Uh fans. But yet we're still playing that old music. Exactly. (laughs) And that's the
1: thing. We're always going to be playing that old music. I do think there are some groups and some people that are still trying to do that like Mm. but i think you have to dig you have to dig through a lot now it's like and that you know they ended up breaking up this is an example of recent but they ended up breaking up and kind of everyone ended up getting allegations and it just ended up not being great but brockhampton they like in the early years they were doing some really cool mixtapes the whole saturation series Mm. was awesome and like but still you're right it's not quite what it was yeah. and it's i think i think it's unfortunate this is going to sound bad <laughs> this is going to sound really bad but i think the accessibility of making music is good and bad yes. i think it's quite the double-edged sword that's correct because yeah it's it's so accessible so it's great. Anyone can just make music now, Yeah. but you know, it clutters up a lot of like really good people who are just dedicated. Yeah. Like I've worked with a lot of artists and seen a lot of artists who are making music just cause they want to live the lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: a lot of people just want to live the lifestyle and don't really care about the music, about the art, about what goes into it, about the blood, sweat, and tears that you have to, you know, expense to yeah. get into it. Like a lot. And that, you know, that makes it harder for the people who are actually dedicated. I'm getting it. So
0: do you know who Matt Qualls is? He's an engineer. I, um,
1: Mac wall qualls. qualls. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't think
0: so. I forgot, uh, the name of the studio he works at, but, um, he was telling me a story. This one time some people just came in the studio and like I think they were asking about like booking prices or whatever. Yeah. And then I think they like came I forgot what he said, but I think he said they came back or that time that they were there. They were just like trying to hang around. Yeah. Just to see who else was gonna pop up. Exactly. I was like, yo, that's crazy.
1: Exactly. exactly. People just
0: wanna be around. The music business, the music industry, just just because they see so and so, and they're just hoping like a mm-hmm. a money bag was going to come by, and they were just going to get to meet them.
1: Exactly, exactly, and like I, I get, I get a lot of these bigger guys like Money Bag Yo or like a Doll for Rest in Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a million guys around them for. Practical reasons, you know, security, that, that is a real thing. So I get that part of it, but then you see a lot of these, like you're in these scenarios around these people and you see a lot of these dudes just getting fit pics, trying to get like turn up and just being in that situation. It's thrilling. And I get that. I've been in that situation, but a lot of them aren't like, there's a reason money bag and Dolph and you know, Paper route. All those guys. There's a reason they got big. There's mm. a reason three six got big. Yeah, because they wanted it. They yeah. were hungry enough to get it and have their own sound, be able to create actual great content. Like I, I don't know. I could talk <laughs> about this for hours. I'm just <laughs> rambling at this point. <laughs>
0: um, what do you think about the, I guess escalation of artists in, in short. Periods of time, um, yeah. I like to ask, you know, do you think it's good or not? Because it's just an interesting exactly. question. But um, yeah, just like artists who, you know, they they get found and then boom. So we've had Glow really did mm-hmm. it. Like Glow was big around here, yeah. but not nationally or globally. Oh, definitely not. And then um, I Spice, uh, she's I came Spice. out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, there's and then there's been many of others, but and then. For everybody who doesn't know, it's definitely changed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Labels used to have um, like real artist development that you were basically a raw talent and they helped you, you know, showed you what to wear, how to act, stuff like that. But um, now it's just kind of like they want you to be kind of polished before Mm -hmm. they even take you. So how, how do you think that that's playing out right now?
1: I think it depends I think there has always kind of been that thing of artists just coming up mm-hmm. really fast. I think a lot of times it can be too fast and a lot of you know you see a lot of those artists fall off and have it rough yeah. when people stop because there's a stop to that you know, <laughs> it, yeah. uh, they're usually unless you can really start, putting out music that is just good and your fans will like it, usually there's a downfall with artists like that. Um, I I somewhat like it because I think, to an extent, I think artists are more allowed to be themselves Mm. in a weird way. I think um, a lot of labels are seeing that, hey, the fans want, The fans want an F and F. They -hmm. want a song that that would never have been able to fly years ago. (laughs) In a like for real, like that song is a huge hit. But also, just chasing virality, Mm -hmm. like just chasing the next viral hit, that's not going to get you anywhere because you know that vir the money will run out on that viral hit eventually. Yeah, maybe not for a while but it will and you have to be able to cultivate an actual fan base and so i think that's more important than anything is just seeing oh this is what my fans are liking like you gotta see what's trending to your fans you gotta Mm. start building your fan base and see what's trending see what they like see what's you know they're responding to um and go from there i I don't know. I I just hate that's one of the my biggest pet peeves is that in the industry now is just searching for that vir, viral thing. Mm. Like what what'll go viral? What can we do? And that's what the labels are doing now and I'm like, you know, it's not it's not an immediate big payday. Yeah. So that's why they're looking at virality because mm. that's a big payday right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's it's a long – there's longevity in the slow, steady climb. Yeah. So
0: – And, you know, I understand that from the label standpoint. You know, they, they want that quick money right now, and mm-hmm. they want to make their investment back from this artist.
1: Exactly.
0: But if you're an artist, you have to think about it like, how can I make this a career mm-hmm. and not just like this – um, contracted job that I'm doing. (laughs) like, you want to keep it. You want to keep that ball rolling for a long time.
1: Exactly. Which I think artists like Glorilla, um, I don't think she had to sign as quick as she did. I don't think so either. Because I think she could have gotten a lot more money.
0: She could have been like the female Dolph.
1: Absolutely. I think she still has potential for that. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Um, I will say, I like that she signed with CMG over, Mm. like, I, the thing is, I don't think it would have worked if she just signed to a record label. Like, I think she needs the appearance and the backing of people like Gotti and Black Youngsta Mm. and Moneybag and all these people. Like, I, I don't know. I, I do think, I think she got like 2 million.
0: I don't know. I think, I know in a couple of, um. Uh, the the flex uh, funk flex mm-hmm. freestyle she yeah. mentioned five hundred grand. Well, if I, that I
1: if that's how much, that is crazy. <laughs> like that is crazy yeah. low. In, but
0: in that freestyle, she mentioned something about Gotti gave her five hundred grand and she made it back quick or something like that. She turned it around or something.
1: Yeah, I think I think she did end up getting two million from the actual label, okay. but still. That is a crazy advance. Like, uh, you know, I I can't really speak on it because I would have to see the terms of yeah. that deal to know. Yeah, what you know, else is involved? What else is yeah. involved? Like, if they have, if they have rights for perpetuity, like that's cra- great. <laughs> I, I can't imagine they do in the world we live in because that. But who knows? Maybe yeah. they do. Because
0: yeah, well, she said that um, Gotti asked like when they were on the phone. He was like, uh, "What else you got?" You know, he wanted he wanted to see her whole catalog. He exactly. wasn't in it for just F and F. Exactly,
1: so. which that's that's why I like that she signed with Gotti, like yeah. someone who's actually been through that mm-hmm. and comes from the artist perspective. It's it's hard to really, I don't know. I I like these companies, and I'd love to be a part of any of these companies. Hire me. <laughs> 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 that um that are started by artists mm-hmm. and by like um paper route, you mm-hmm. know. Of course I could talk about Dolph forever. Like I everyone in Memphis loves Dolph. Yeah. Like I well, not everyone, but like, <laughs> I, I, I love Dolph and like yeah. I think um you know they, when they start these labels, the reason why these artist labels are so successful is because they know what they're doing. They've been through the rat race before they've seen it happen. They've seen people fail too. They've seen people fall off. So it's like, that is, you can't, you can't get that kind of experience without being an artist. I really don't think.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a shame that there isn't enough um, people out there that, are running big labels that um, were artists mm-hmm. and have been through that thing. Um, I I do think what Gotti is doing is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm really like obviously not copying his thing, like his style, but mm-hmm. I'm really trying to be like where he's at uh, in Memphis. But um, I do I do value what Glorilla did was signing with him, but it. I thought it would have been really cool if she just stuck with Hit Kid and, like, they just kept doing stuff like a Waka and a Lex Luger type thing. Like, that would have been so cool.
1: That would have been awesome. And that's another thing. It's like Glorilla saw Gotti trying to give her money and she was like, well, sh- shit, I'm not going to turn down Gotti. Like, I, yeah. I get from Glow's perspective, but you're right. She and Hit Kid could have grown something organically. Yeah and well, will hit kid already has a label it's called camp south records yeah. and he's doing a lot of like if if you're on glorilla and aren't on um like all the other ones i'm blanking on all their names right now because i'm a fool
0: oh like the everybody uh, like um, her friends like
1: on the recent song shibuya um, oh it was like
0: slimeroni and uh, glitter gloss glitter
1: gloss um and who's the k
0: carbon k carbon
1: that's the one i'm trying to think of k carbon is dope did she
0: ever sign with anybody i don't think she is i think so glitter signed with qc okay maybe
1: k carbon has signed they've they're all signing away which i get but it's like I wish i i don't know I mean what hit kid would have to do he'd have to get a crazy investment yeah to I think be able to keep them all yeah but I think it would have been awesome for him to yeah completely grow something from the ground up and then hit kid would have an amazing roster you know for yeah. the
0: future but That'd have been really fun to see. Like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Like, a and lot And like, there's
1: n- new blood in town in Memphis. Like, there hasn't been that in a while. So, yeah. That too.
0: A, a lot of people, um, you know, they get in the business for the money. Like, it's not really about the fun because a lot of these artists come from nothing. Exactly. And they're trying to chase that check. Exactly. So I can't. Which I get. I can't knock that. (laughs) I'm not going to knock anybody for getting their money. Absolutely. Do that first. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost like as artists who, I mean, as um, consumers, Mm -hmm. uh, me and you kind of sound like we want more of that organic. Fun that it seemed like those artists, like the Gucci and uh, Zaytoven mm-hmm. and Walker, Lex Luger, like those people had that connection, mm-hmm. and it's almost as if they didn't really care about like what the um, execs were telling them to do, they were just kind of just dropping music,
1: exactly. And that's that's kind of gone from the industry, yeah, I think to some extent. It's also like there's so much money in the industry in these major labels that they see someone pop, they're going to throw them millions of dollars like off the back. Cause yeah. they just have millions to play around with, <laughs> which is crazy. And they're, which is crazy. But they're like, Oh, this is what's popping. We need to make money off of that. So let's, so that, you know,
0: somebody who um, has done a really good job of doing their own thing is NBA young boy. Yeah. Like that dude, his fan base is crazy. Um, he's crazy. Like mm-hmm. he, he'll he'll put out music videos that shot on his phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yo, know, what is this dude? He breaks all the rules exactly. and is successful.
1: And he'll work with crazy young, um, pretty inexperienced producers mm-hmm. that I I love to see. Like he he's getting like 13 year old kids, gold, gold <laughs> plaques because no, for real. Like I don't, That's so crazy cause he just works with all these young guys. And I think also he has a team. I forgot who it is, but I think, um, the company that there's this guy, Mike Karen, um, who's in the business. Uh, it's not AD. It might be ADA. Uh, I forgot the, company he's with but he's with a company that is very artist first like we're gonna follow their vision and okay go, and a lot of times that artist vision is what's gonna be successful like yeah that's unless it's just completely outlandish but usually like that's you know, genuine. It's genuine, authentic, yeah. what we were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's you have some people like um like Kanye, like forget everything that's been happening recently, yeah. but he had that like STEM player. Like that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. It might not have sold the way he thought it was exactly. going to, but it was innovative and different. Exactly. So, props to him for that.
1: And only someone but like that's the other thing. Like only someone like Kanye or yeah. At that level, can really do that, yeah. Because it's you know, it's a it's a first of its kind thing that really isn't that you know, it's not that special, yeah.
0: But it is cool. and different.
1: It, it's different. Yeah. It is different. So it's like, yeah, I don't know.
0: And it's in the music business. Like, um there's the old saying: "The nail that sticks out gets hammered." Mm-hmm. <sighs> It sucks, you know, you want to be creative, you want to do something different, mm-hmm. and then you do it and then everybody like hates you for it. Like um so going back to little Wayne, I forgot what year it was, but he did mm-hmm. that rebirth album, yeah. that rock album. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, "No."
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: But- that's what he wanted to do. And exactly. He put it out, and it was it was actually not that bad.
1: Exactly. But people well, same just thing hated with him Kid for Cudi. It. He's always oh, like, yeah. like, He did that rock album. Yeah. People people are if you're a rapper and you're gonna do a rock album, people are automatically gonna hate. Yeah. But it is like once you reach that level, it is cool to do your own thing and like you know have fun merch ideas. Like just do things that are very different and you can i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i
1: kind of lost my train of thought yeah that's
0: yeah i mean it's it's cool um to be able to do different stuff and and have the ability to do different stuff like um i don't know if you have you seen the little dickies tv show
1: oh yeah it's hilarious
0: absolutely it's
1: actually really funny
0: yeah and if you haven't seen the show, Lil Dicky literally is, like, playing himself yeah, in the show. exactly. Um, he plays a, a Jewish rapper who's mm-hmm. just trying to make it with him and his friend, his producer, whatever. Yeah. And um, in the show, he... Ends up getting picked up by a label mm-hmm. and he tells them that in the contract, like he wants to be able to have creative freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's a real thing. Like in, in real life, artists want to be able to do what they want to do.
1: Exactly.
0: And you kind of have to fight for it. Like you have to fight for it. No, I like you were talking about earlier, like not having those execs in the room mm-hmm. telling you like, this is how the song is supposed to go and stuff like that. Like you want to have that freedom to, Absolutely. to do stuff. Absolutely yeah um there was something specifically I was going to ask you about, and I forgot what it was, but i th- I think you have done a great job of um getting to where you're at mm-hmm. and and knowing what you do. um, is there something specific that you feel like a lot of artists should know? Um, I guess just in general?
1: just I mean, I could go on about <laughs> this
0: could be an entire podcast, but
1: um i do think like just stand up for yourself find a group of people that you can surround yourself with and there's a great uh, group of DJs i want to give a little plug to bodywork in memphis mm. they're doing a lot of stuff together doing different dj mixes that they're putting out on bandcamp and soundcloud um throwing each other these i mean they're djing events every weekend Um, but yeah, have a group of people you can surround yourself with and do your research. There is, I know it's not fun to have to play that role in your career, but you have to start when you're an independent, you have to play that role in your career until you get picked up by a team. And that's, you know, the marketing and, but just do your research, do your research, you know, set yourself goals make a checklist, you know, figure out fun content ideas that you want to do with your music to push it even further on social media. Like do all of that. Um, and check your
0: emails, <laughs> check <laughs> oh your my emails, God. Check, everybody, check
1: your emails, <laughs> no matter what
0: you do, check your emails. <laughs> no matter
1: what you do. But I see I've worked with so many artists who don't check their oh emails and I'm God. like, guys, it's been two weeks and I haven't heard back. Like, this the label not- has moved on <laughs> exactly we, we, if if this was a real opportunity, like you know, yeah, okay, I have moved on. yeah, that's how life works. so you <sighs> gotta yeah,
0: nothing but so I don't like to be a hundred percent assess okay, let me take that back. I like for people to be able to contact me mm-hmm. but I also want people to respect my schedule absolutely. So um but yeah i can't stand Mm -hmm. when i can't reach somebody like there's been so many people which i've met some pretty powerful people Mm -hmm. in the music industry and i get it like you don't want everybody to have your phone number Mm -hmm. or your email or whatever to contact you whenever they feel like it but at the same time there's gotta be a way (laughs) to at least be able to reach you and you respond in in a timely manner
1: absolutely especially if you're like If you're really just trying to get it and you're an independent artist growing, like, you know,
0: every other day, (laughs) just (laughs) every other day, look at it. Like, just take a, take a little glance. Yeah. Get (laughs) the, get the spark app or outlook, whatever you use. Exactly. And just check your emails. (laughs) Superhuman.
1: That's a good one. Superhuman. That that you can like, it'll, you know, go through everything on your phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, dropping just, some knowledge. Just it. try and stay on top of it. I'm I'm a big proponent of like just stay on top of your business. E- even if it's the bare minimum, which I would arguably say checking your emails is the bare minimum. <laughs> so, you know,
0: just, If I I will literally use email more than like I I'll call somebody or text somebody like mm-hmm. I'll use email because like just that form of conversation just seems so formal mm-hmm. to me. And uh, shout out to Louise Page. I actually had her in here earlier. I was talking to her, but um, that's awesome. We the the first time we did a podcast together. Mm-hmm. I reached out to her on Instagram, yeah, and then she told me to send her an email, yeah, because she said that's how she knows like if you're serious or not. And exactly, I was like, I appreciate that.
1: Which that's how a lot of people in the industry operate. Like, of course, I get you know, DMing and texting, it's a little more casual, yeah. especially when you're just trying to get something quick. Yeah. Um, but if you're trying to, you know, opportunities, opportunities. That's usually those will come to you if you're, you know, doing the right things, putting yourself out there, you know, making sure it's known what you're trying to do. Um, but yeah, also I realized I'm not really done with my thing of what you should be doing as an artist. You should also like, I think you should work on your own career before you look at getting a, you know, getting an entire team around you, mm-hmm. but you should still have people who kind of know what they're doing. And like, you, I don't know, like if you can look into sync rep, Agencies are like putting your stuff on disco. That's another good one. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want music supervisors to see your stuff, go to disco. That's a fantastic website where you can, like, it's like social media. You just put all your songs up there Mm -hmm. and you can kind of categorize them so they're easily findable for different placements, whether it's movies or ads or whatever. They're
0: know. just using like the metadata to get exactly,
1: a good. Okay. Exactly. And, but there is like, there's stuff you can do on your own without having to go to a label yeah. without having to, you know, give away all your rights or whatever. Like, yeah. There's a lot of different. And also a lot of these independent distribution companies are, or distribution companies for independent artists are offering a lot of them have improved in the past few years. I think they're offering yeah. better um, education and advice, and like you know, distro kids getting a lot better. Yeah. I think and like all of these. So there's a lot you can do. You just have to do your research, set some goals, figure out what your voice is, and work with people. Yeah,
0: like, do features. <laughs> like work with people. Yeah. Just, I remember what I was going to ask you yeah. what do you think i guess what do you think is missing or needed in Memphis um for i guess just the music business in general
1: people um people need to <laughs> it's hard. It's hard because small, I mean, we're not even that small of a city. We Mm. have like 650,000 people, but we're still technically a small city. Um, A money, but but the money will come from people starting businesses in Memphis, like doing what you did, starting damage here in Memphis, Mm -hmm. like trying and hunkering down and starting your own. i I have a little independent publishing company. I, it's basically just to help out my friends mm. and you know administer their stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I started it here in Memphis. I okay. pay taxes in Tennessee. Like that's that's important. I think you know just starting stuff and creating more buzz mm-hmm. in Memphis is really good. But it's an uphill battle. Like yeah. Memphis is such a impoverished city. It's a city that you know, especially with the huge influx in Nashville, like so many y'all don't know in during the pandemic, so many people started moving to Nashville. That's, I think, only making it's making it harder in Memphis, because people overlook Memphis a lot. Mm. And it's, I don't know. There's a lot that needs to be done, but start a
0: damn business
1: here. That's like <laughs> you know, start a business, work with people, create ways for people to make money here in Memphis. So.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I completely agree that um, there needs to be it, and it's not so much just more qu- a quantity, but mm-hmm. quality. Um, I want to be able to get something out of it and be able to. Be like, man that that changed me. You know that changed a situation or something like that. Exactly. Um, I am a huge proponent of events. I think that what Stoner Firm is doing with the beat battles is great. Um, I think that what um, David Yancey, do you know who that is? Uh, yeah, he does the art bazaars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That dude is worth his weight in gold mm-hmm. to Memphis. Um, but yeah, people like that who are doing these things for others, like, Mm -hmm. like who cares if they were making like a ridiculous profit off of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, good first off. Yeah. But also, um, they're giving people opportunities. Like Davey Yancey does open mics all the time. And usually I think it's like $10 to enter, but it's like, Mm -hmm. yo, That's who knows who's going to be in that crowd and and who's going to – how many people are going to show up. Mm -hmm. Like, that's an open mic. Like, you can do whatever you want with that.
1: Exactly. And, yeah, I couldn't agree more on the events piece. I started my career in the music business in events. I was a concert promoter for years in Chicago. And, like, I – I love, first of all, I'm an avid event goer. I love live music. It's the, in my opinion, the best way to experience Mm. music. But yeah, if, if you're someone trying to break into the music industry, meet people, um, you know, show off your craft events, that's the way to go. And it'll only sharpen your skills. It'll only make you a better artist, businessman, whatever. So
0: All right, let's wrap this up, man. Absolutely. Um, What is all the ways people can reach you? Um, Give everybody your everything.
1: If you want to hit me up um, about – well, if you want to hit me up anywhere, go to – honestly, LinkedIn is great. Sam Kaplan, uh, K-A-P-L-A-N. Same with Instagram. I kind of use both for business a little bit. Um, Instagram is – uh, shmuel j Kaplan. it's you'll we'll put it under <laughs> may, m- maybe i'm kind of saying this for him but yeah but um what is up with that the shmuel shmuel so I, i'm jewish and that's my hebrew name oh, and so that's okay. yeah it's always been it's what my parents call me it's what that's my cool. sisters call me it's what all my friends have always called me so it basically has been my like when i did events it was Schmuel presents always my mm. publishing company is called shmuel publishing like everything is shmuel, So <laughs> that's dope absolutely cool but all right i really enjoyed doing this bro this thank awesome. you for coming on absolutely
0: absolutely all right well uh, thank you for everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next time